Welcome to Sisterhood Meets Motherhood, the podcast where two goddesses who happen to be related by marriage discuss all things family, purpose, sisterhood, faith, spirituality, and all the other divinely messy parts of womanhood. Every other week, Kendra and Sophie unmask from all the daily roles required of the modern woman to bring you refreshing and truthful conversations that remind you that you are, in fact, never alone on the journey. Welcome to episode 17, all about trust. This is a big one for me. (laughs) Um, Let's just start with a check-in. Kendra, how are you being in this very moment? I think this topic of trust can bring up some maybe past hurts and things. So right away, I was like, ooh, like, when you've been burned or had things happen, trust is a, it's kind of a scary word, but at the same time, I, I'm excited to explore this topic with you to find some therapy tools and just some ways that we can be more mindful of what trust is and what mistrust is and just explore all the things because we've all been through it. We've all had trust broken. We've all broken others trust. And so, um, I think, yeah, I think I'm just soaking into this um, idea and not letting that initial fear that pops up when I hear the word trust kind of arise. And I almost feel like there's a difference between, I'm already jumping in, I'll do my check-in, but like (laughs) relational ruptures and repair and like losing some faith in the relationship. And then that like fundamental trust in life and your journey and I think sometimes we mix up the two. I do for sure, but um, we'll get into it. Um, how I'm doing is like really, really, really badly wanting to fully 100 million percent trust every part of my journey in this moment and having a little bit of resistance, like some tension in my jaws, like the the story that I'm holding more than I should be holding. And I just want to let it go because this is it. Like this is life. And there's always going to be more tense, contracted, overwhelming moments. And then there's always that ease and that expansion that happens after. And so I just, I hope to just after this conversation, be even more deeply in a place of trust in everything happening exactly as it needs to happen in this moment. And I brought up this topic with you because I knew that I needed it. And I think I sent you a voice message saying like, oh, like right now, Kendall, um, my husband, Kendra's brother, catching those of you up who don't know, he's on a week long meditation retreat. He's totally off the grid. And it's the sixth one that he's done for his graduate program within three years. And the other ones were two weeks. So this one's a little shorter. A week feels better. And it's so every time he leaves and he's off the grid, it's such a journey for me because I'm so attached to him and our our family relies on him so much, but I'm always so grateful that he goes off and he does his work and he connects. And this one feels really special because other times over the past three years, I've been more 
in like an angsty process of like just stuff, you know, stuff's coming up and I'm like, I don't know if I can do this or like stuff's Mm -hmm. happening. That makes me not happy. And this time I am feeling so grateful for him. I am like, wow, Kendall is my ground. Like I'm having all these moments of just like, where am I? What's happening? Like, and I'm just realizing not in a codependent way, but just in like a loving interdependent way, how amazing this man is and how grateful I am to, to just get to have, um, a union with him. And it doesn't have to be perfect, but just his grounding presence is, um, so good. And with that said, I sent a message being like, I know I'm still working through a few things around like just trust in life that, that we'll have what we need, that um, it's all going to work out for everyone involved. And yeah, that I can just trust whatever's unfolding at each chapter. So from that space of gratitude, diving into some of the trust issues feels really juicy. I mean, I love that you brought awareness to that because obviously (laughs) my first thought when I hear the word trust goes to like fear and hurt because of a relational trust that I broke and that was broken in my, in my situation. So it's still something I'm healing years and years in the works with our divorce and reconciliation. So it's a beautiful thing and it's not scary anymore. So to say for me, but when you brought up the bigger picture too, like at the same time as that I have during those moments where I was really struggling and in pain with the trust category is when I found the deepest, most sacred connection and trust with mother nature and with God and with, you know, like, it's so interesting how like trust comes and goes and it's so easily broken, but takes so long to build. And so it was a really good point that you made. Like it's a, there's different aspects of trust and trust between partners, trust between your children, trust between friends, and then really trusting in a higher power or, you know, this world that we get to be on in this journey of life. And so I love that. And yes, shout out to Kendall. He is incredible. And it is so cool that he takes that time to go do that and, and, and have those moments, you know, I know it's part of his, his program for school as well, but it is just a really cool thing. And for you to be grasping that, you know, distance makes the heart grow fonder. It's, it's so true. And it just helps you to be, I don't know, just have more gratitude for little things, I guess you could say. And so this episode is going to be really, really fun. I think we have the perfect essential oil blend to blend in with it, as well as some amazing, I want to hear first though, your therapy tool um, of what you think connects best with this idea and this concept of trust. Yeah. I'm thinking about um, two, a couple of things. I think maybe I'll share like two ideas. One is like, isn't trust always broken in relationships, like in relationships with ourselves, and relationships with our friends and our partners and our kids like that. I had a teacher who talks about um, relationship is entirely rupture and repair and a rupture is a break in trust, like whether big or small. And so I think we have to create realistic expectations that we will always have trust broken. And then we come back and we repair. And that's just part of the dance of relationship and like trying to prevent trust from ever being broken and creating all these rules and boundaries and like plans so that trust is never broken. I feel like is just a waste of energy. Um, just like the bar too high. Like yeah. it really does. Like I could give you praise little emoji hands right now. Cause that all just connected so deeply with me when you said that. 
Yeah. And so it's like, that's just it. If you're in relationship, we're going to have to break trust and rebuild it and break it. And and that's just what it is. But yeah, the, the grace and for example, like Kendall being gone right now and, and thinking about how I, I miss our ruptures and repairs. Like they ground me, you know, like I miss our moments of, oh, you just did that thing. And now I need a hug or whatever it is. It's like, um, like, it's just, we love all, we actually love all of the parts of the relationship, I think, even though we try to resist it. So, um, but what I wanted to weave in today, I talk in my courses and my parent coaching work a lot about developmental stages and, and what to expect for kids. Like a lot of times we expect a two-year-old to not have a temper tantrum or to not feel guilt and shame that then sometimes turns into anger, but, but that's what toddlers are meant to be feeling like the um, Eric Erickson is like a big guy in the field of child development. And he created um, different developmental tasks that kids are working through um, throughout different stages, actually all the way up to adulthood. They're really interesting. Um, I can link to an article that I wrote that goes through all of them, but the, the toddler is supposed to be working through, um, guilt and shame versus autonomy. So like, can I trust myself to do it on my own? Or am I going to go into guilt and shame? And the toddler has to feel both of those things, both of those things. Um, but the stage that I wanted to share here is actually the baby stage. So like baby comes out of the womb into the world and from zero to, I think it's 18 months, the developmental task is trust versus mistrust. So Mm -hmm. babies are trying to Babies are getting curious on some level. Can I trust the world? Is this a safe space? Can I trust my relationships? Can I trust that my needs will be met? Um, And this is in no way to like, if so many parents and teachers that I have use the cry it out method for kids, because that's what the textbook said, like, you know, even 10 or 15 years ago, but the research right now really strongly suggests that the cry it out method is not a good way to teach kids trust. Like it will, um, it will suppress, like eventually they'll give up on crying for their needs. So you'll get sleep, but it will ultimately create a template of like, I can't trust the world to meet my needs. So just a little plug here to um, get really, like really look into the research around methods for your baby. And um, I'm bringing it here just to think about like that this, whether we trust or not is really, really deeply rooted in our memory systems beyond the conscious mind. Like it's, it's in our baby selves in something called implicit memory that's stored in memory centers of the brain that we can't quite call on consciously. Um, And so a lot of the work around trust has to happen, not through thinking. It has to happen through breathing into safety, connecting with really young parts of ourselves, connecting with nature, connecting with, um, yeah, meditation, whatever you do to get out of the thinking brain and get into the feeling, um, yeah, just less conscious, chattery mind. That's the place where we get to foster our relationship with trust more deeply. I love this. And it's like, as a mother and like looking back at my childhood, it all makes so much sense. And you just mentioning the cry it out method. I know like I respect every, every parent has their own thing. And I think you do different things for each child, depending on where you're at in different stages of life. But I, for one, even if I hear another child cry in a grocery store, I'm like, 
like, I'm going to hold him. I'm going to help him. It's like my highly sensitive person in me. So as a highly sensitive parent to my children, it was, that was the last thing that was going to happen. Like I would be up all night like this, if I could just make sure they weren't crying. And, um, that's really interesting because it's, it makes sense too, because you are building trust and, and I think it's a very daunting task as a parent. And as a mother, those first, especially those first 18 months, like they, they grow and get more independent, but there were days I remember sitting there and being like, I am responsible for another human. Like they're like, like they, their livelihood depends on me. <laughs> like this is kind of a crazy concept, you know, but then you, your motherly instincts kick in and you're like, oh, and I think when you stop overthinking it and it just really, really just go into that natural instinct of like, oh, we're going to love them. We're going to, you know, create this trustful, happy, safe environment for them. I think that kind of goes full circle, but it's so funny. All of our episodes at all times, it kind of clicked for me when you were talking so many things go back to our childhood, that inner child, like everything we do moving forward, all goes back to that. So when we bring awareness to that and can like, maybe you didn't have a safe trust building environment in your childhood, you can recognize that and then be able to go back and work on those things too, and do the work. And that's really important to just see that connection between the two. So thank you for that. I love, I always love your therapy tools. They're so helpful, but I did not realize that, that that's I mean, it makes sense that that first 18 months of life is where that trust is built, but it also um, wasn't something I was aware of. What's our oil? So this was like a no brainer for me. Geranium is the oil of love and trust. So first geranium is a flower. Um, I love this one and just like TMI, (laughs) geranium is an oil that um, I didn't use much in the past until I had children and until after childbirth, the real life things like hemorrhoids happen. And this was a rollerball blend. And uh, yeah, frankincense and geranium just happened to be like the rollerball blend for hemorrhoids after childbirth. And it worked like wonders. Even my midwife was like, what are you doing? Because it's working amazing. And in fact, all of my mom friends, uh, it's like a joke slash really serious thing now that they all want to get roid rollers from me, which just has frankincense and geranium. So when I smell geranium, it instantly brings me back to childbirth and like that. But geranium's a flower. It's this beautiful, amazing aroma. And emotionally, because every oil has a physical and an emotional side to it. Emotionally, it's the oil of love and trust. So I'm going to read a little bit about it from my favorite essential emotions book, but it says geranium restores confidence in the goodness of others and in the world. It facilitates trust, especially when individuals have lost trust in others due to difficult life circumstances. Geranium encourages emotional honesty, love, and forgiveness And it leads away from the logical mind and more into the warmth and nurture of the heart. At its root, geranium heals the heart, instills unconditional love, and fosters trust. So sometimes I love because I pick the oil that goes with the topic that I just like have an intuition about. And then we speak through the whole podcast episode and bring up our ideas and, uh, you know, thoughts. And you always bring these amazing concepts and therapy tools. And then I read, I read the emotional side of it and it just like doop, ties it all together with a little bow. Cause it all just goes hand in hand. So geranium is amazing. Um, it's one you can use aromatically topically. You can even take it internally. And so, 
yeah, it's funny because it, it that that smell just connects me right back to childbirth and those that week or two after really intense um, labor and delivery. But at the same time, like it's such a beautiful oil. And now looking back on it, it's so interesting that that was an oil I was using so often during that really important time too. With that was with my second son. So you're bringing in that. trust for both of you. And if you're like bringing the trust into you, then your little one's gonna feel it too. It might be a really beautiful oil to diffuse and use. And I mean, it's all, always one I recommend for moms in their labor and delivery bag for afterwards. But at the same time, it's so beautiful to see that deeper emotional connection that it can have for the baby when they're smelling that aroma too, because it is safe for them. So oh, I just love this. I feel like we uh, like we created this podcast, right? Because we were talking and doing at a pedicure together and then doing um, WhatsApps back and forth because we just have this connection and bond as sister-in-laws and you just bring out this like inspiration and joy in life for me to be able to bring up topics and ideas. And there's like nothing that's, that's on, like that can't be on the table. Right. And it's like so fun. And then when we put it all together and sisterhood and motherhood and all the divinely messy parts of womanhood, it's like, I just feel so safe in this space to be able to share these things, even when they're you know, at the end of the day, if no one listened to our podcast, that's amazing because I still get to connect with you, but I do know we have been reaching a lot of people and had some amazing feedback. And so we appreciate all of you for taking the time to listen. Um, and yeah, we just, we have a lot of gratitude and thankfulness for all of our listeners out there as well. Yeah. So this is great. I just have like a cheesy smile on my face. I'm like, that's all that's coming out right now. Like, this is great. Um, Kendra, how can you lead more with your heart in self and business and family until next time? Um, As cliche as it is with the episode, I'm just going to lead with trust, trust in. For me, I just, just having that real true trust and faith in my faith and belief in my heavenly father that he will always provide for me. Cause when I, when I really like resort into that, it's like everything works out and there's no overthinking. There's no upset feelings or worry or all these things. So just having that trust and then it helps it really does trickle down into my family unit and my kids. And, and, um, I know they'll going to, they're going to feel that and feel trust being built with me too. So I'm leading my heart this week with trust and belief that everything happens as it should. What about for you? How are you going to lead this week with your heart? I'm thinking about this little girl I worked with in the playroom a few years ago. She was so sweet. I think she was seven. And after one of our sessions, I said, I was like, how about what's like one little part of you that you want to take home with you that we like that came up in this session and with play, we're not talking about it, but the themes are really clear in the therapy process. What's coming up? Like if there's trust, mistrust, safety, lack of safety. And she took this little tiny piece of paper, like so tiny, like the size of a quarter or a nickel and wrote trust with a little heart. And she was like, you make one too. And I did. And I had this little piece of paper in my makeup bag for probably like two years. I hope I still have it somewhere, but it was, it was like the most heartwarming reminder every time, like from the heart of a seven-year-old <laughs> who was going through a lot in her life, really, um, that we get to trust. And yeah, I want to be real. Like this is for sure something I'm actively working on in therapy with my mentors, like on my soul journey, 
seeing all the ways I don't fundamentally trust and and what life would be like if I really did. And so I just want to be honest in that we're sharing ideas, we're um, brainstorming, we're feeling into it, and we're also working on this. So, so share your ideas with us if you have ways that you lean into trust or tools that support you. If you have ideas for future topics, we want to hear from you. We're so grateful. And until next time. Thank you.